Welcome to an enlightened hour of interactive talk. This is Guided Spirit Conversations with host Marla Goldberg. In this program, we spotlight guests from all over the globe who have helped others change their lives and will provide you with the tips, tools, and techniques that you need to help you make a difference in your own life. Now, here is Marla Goldberg. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Guided Spirit Conversations. I'm your host, Marla Goldberg, and I am so happy to have you here today. Well, we have a very youthful thought leader with us today, and her name is Kelsey Aida, and she is the next generation in thought leaders who have taught thousands of people how to own their own power and win at life through her inspirational blog, online courses, one-on-one coaching, and international retreats. She is the author of Actually, I Can, The Art of Affirming, The Art of Affirming Yourself to Greatness, and you can visit Kelsey's website at KelseyAida, and that's A-I-D-A, dot com to learn how to manifest the life of your dreams. Welcome, Kelsey. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here chatting with you. My pleasure. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So I was looking up your bio, and you, you it talked about you having functional depression, So how did that start and how did it affect your life? And then let's go into how you came out of it and started down your spiritual path. Yeah, so the depression really was the initiation for this conscious spiritual path because when I was in it, I, it was basically like my dark night of the soul. Well, the first one, I would say I've had like two up until this point, but the first dark night of the soul, my initial initiation, if you will. And It was kind of a perfect storm of hormonal imbalance, not being able to do the thing that I really loved, which was dance, because I had a lot of injuries during that point of my life, and just generally lacking intimacy with myself and my own emotions and emotional intimacy with others. And I really think, especially from my personal experience, that loneliness is a huge factor or can play a huge factor in depression. The lack of connection is really a big factor. So for three years, I was kind of stuck in that. And that came with its own challenges of, you know, suicidal thoughts and just trying to like troubleshoot, okay, well, I can't live like this forever. It's not sustainable. I don't even like it. So there has to be another way, right? It's like quality of life is everything. What's the point if you're just miserable? So um, there was a day where I just realized like how far away from myself I had gotten because I used to be and I am naturally very energetic bubbly passionate I have a lot of hobbies I'm very extroverted super social and all of that was just not happening anymore I didn't want to do what I loved I didn't want to see anyone I didn't want to be in the daylight didn't want to be awake I was always sleeping and um one day I just realized like man, I'm sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. Like this has got to go. And I kind of just decided and affirmed to the universe or like requested of the universe. Okay, please help me get better because I'm not doing this anymore. Like I'm just, I can't and I won't and I don't want to. And from that moment on, the first shift that happened was a shift in perspective. That was really what enabled me to heal super fast. And that was, 
disidentifying from the depression, meaning I was experiencing the depression as an illness, but I wasn't the depression. So like, you know how people say I am depressed, right? In that moment, I was shifted in my mind of like, I'm experiencing depression, which is very different. It turns it into like a temporary experience, just like when you get a cold or when you get the flu, like your body knows how to heal itself. So why wouldn't my body know how to heal itself from this? Why wouldn't my emotional body know how to heal itself, right? So when I shifted that perspective and I was like, okay, I'm not my depression. This is just temporary. It's something I'm experiencing that's when I was able to really heal and manifest the right mentors and books and teachers and workshops and things that helped put me on an emotional healing path, a metaphysical path, energy path, um, spiritual path. So that's kind of how it all started. And then my first book, hashtag actually I can the art of affirming yourself to greatness. And when you were talking about in the beginning, that was a manifestation of once I started feeling better, I wanted to teach others how to feel better. And I was like, I'm going to be this best-selling author. I'm going to write books and be the next Gabby Bernstein or whatever. But (laughs) nobody knew like who I was, obviously. So I was like, well, I'll start with a blog. So first I started with KelseyAida.com. I'd write articles about how to raise your vibration, how to feel better, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, now it's manifested into books, retreats, coaching, everything. Wonderful. So when you were in this this place of depression... You know, and life was just sort of dark for you. Were you listening to podcasts? Were you reading metaphysical books or books on shifting your energy? So this just was sort of a downloaded message or... uh, Yeah, that kind of information didn't come to me until I was ready to start feeling better. Because I think when you're in that vibrational space, you're not usually a match to that type of information. Um, So it wasn't until like I decided that I was going to feel better that those types of resources started coming to me. Um, And I actually started a gratitude practice, just a little journal every day where I'd write a couple things in the morning and at night. And after three weeks of doing that, I felt better than I had felt even before I was depressed. And that's when a lot of the new information started coming in and the mindset work and the manifesting and all that. Because that's, and gratitude, I always talk about gratitude and how important it is because once you do start realizing how, much, how many wonderful things there really are, which you can be grateful for, things start falling into place. And you, all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're singing out loud for no reason. And yeah, it's powerful. It's very powerful. It's one of the things I talk about quite a bit. And so let's talk about the law of attraction. Where does the law of attraction fit in with, you know, what you've been trying to teach everybody or show everyone? Where did that fall into place with you? Yeah, well, I really value efficiency and leveraging your time and energy to create results and create a really fun, awesome life that is super enjoyable. So when I learned about the concept of manifesting, which is when I was coming out of this depression, I was listening to a lot of Abraham Hicks and stuff. I was like, you can do what? You can create your own reality. This is great. And of course, for a control freak, this is like the best thing you want to hear. Like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, I can manifest everything in my life. It's going to be so great. And um I was like, I can manifest feeling better. I can manifest an awesome car. I can manifest a new job. I can manifest friends, like whatever you want. You can create it. You can call it in. And that was when my fascination with the law of attraction began. And since then, 
it's evolved. My focus has evolved into the healing aspect required to become the version of yourself that can receive and maintain the manifestation that you're asking for. So it's like the journey of becoming that person that has those outcomes. Retaining the goals and objectives that they want in their life, mm-hmm. whether it's material, emotional, physical. Exactly. Wow. And so which, what do you do to, to bring this to you? What did you do? What were, what were the action steps you, you started with to bring this to you? I'm sure a lot of the listening audiences would love to know. Yeah. So when I was first on my manifestation journey, it was all about intention setting, right? So journaling, vision boards, affirmations, all of those fun manifesting tools that we all know and love. And then it evolved into, okay, how can I release resistance in my emotional body, in my life, in my mind? How can I take on new perspectives that feel empowering? How can I feel better one emotion at a time? And that's um, kind of more of the healing work that can help to release the manifestation blockages because it's easy to ask for what you want. The harder thing is to become in alignment with said thing in order to receive it as quickly as possible and line up with it energetically. So that's where it gets a little bit trickier and you have to identify, okay, what um, limiting beliefs are at play here? What parts of me might not want this thing that I consciously think that I want because they think it might be bad or detrimental in some way? Um, Am I not receiving this because I'm not ready? Is it not here because it's not actually what I want and I need to actually reevaluate what I'm truly after here? So there's lots of ways to identify resistance and then like untangle it in order for the energy to flow. So give me some examples of how you actually identified some of these areas of resistance. Okay, so I'll give you a good example. So there was one point where I was wanting to manifest a relationship. So this is a great example because I know a lot of people out there want to manifest love and they should because it's great. Um, (laughs) I (laughs) was prompted to ask myself, are there any parts of me that don't want a relationship right now or that would think like it would not be fun or it would not be good? And when I asked myself that question, there was a part like, uh, hello, being single is fun. Like we actually like having our freedom and this, that and this. And here's all the reasons why this part of you actually doesn't want you to be in a relationship right now. And when I was able to simply recognize that and validate it and understand that created enough um almost like a mending or like a what's the opposite of fragmentation when I was bringing like the pieces together, right. And getting all the parts of me on board with this manifestation. Blending Um, it all together. Yeah, that was, that's, is a really good example. Like asking yourself, are there any parts of me that object to this manifestation or don't want it because I was just recently heartbroken and I don't want to risk getting heartbroken again. You know, there's all kinds of things from the past that can affect us in manifesting what we want today. So that's a good example. Let me think of another way people can quickly identify resistance. So asking yourself, what do I want? So let's say you want a car. Um, And then you should ask, okay, why do I want that? Well, I want it to pick up chicks. Okay. Uh, Why do you want to pick up chicks? 
because then I will feel macho and confident and cool. Okay, so what you actually want is not the car. You want to feel macho and confident and cool. Next question is, what's stopping you from feeling that way right now? Why don't you already feel macho and confident and cool? Is it a childhood trauma? Is it conditioning? Is it a limiting belief? Um, Why don't you already feel like that? And let's do some healing around that. And then you can go directly for what you want. And the car will probably come. And the chicks, too. (laughs) (laughs) One brings the other, hopefully. If that's what their intention is. So what do people do that get in their own way? What are some of the things that they do that really stop them from being able to see their blocks or manage their blocks? Yeah, I think one thing is people don't actually realize what they want. So that example that I just gave, they think they want one thing when really they're after a feeling or a sensation, Um, so really questioning, why do I want this and how do I think I'm going to feel differently when I have it is a really powerful tool that people can do with themselves to identify their actual goal, because it's very hard to achieve what you actually want when you don't know. (laughs) It's like trying to get to a specific place on a map and you don't even know where it is. Or yeah, exactly. (laughs) So that's a great example. And a lot of people do that. They don't, they're trying to attain a feeling and they don't know how to get there. They don't know how to find their way to that place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it's just a matter of um, identifying you know, and questioning what's stopping me from feeling like this? Why can't I feel like this right now? What beliefs are causing me to feel differently? What trauma makes me feel like it's not possible to feel like that? Um, And this is where a lot of times a facilitator or a coach can come in and really help you with your blind spots because you can only do so much shadow work on your own. It's like what's in your shadow or your unconscious is what you don't know that you don't know. You're not going to be able to just dig it all up by yourself. It's usually easier to have a mentor of some kind or someone who's like specialized in this. And I've worked with my friend, James Mendoza, who, well, I call him a shaman, but he calls himself a sage and a guide. And he's been a big mentor for me. And now in my coaching work, I work with people to um, help with these blockages too. Cause sometimes it's hard to see them in yourself because you just always operated like that. It's true. If you and if you're used to operating and feeling a certain way, it's hard to get out of your own way to see yourself like, like looking in the mirror. Yeah. Don't necessarily see yourself as other people see you. Right. Totally. So it's like, how am I being seen and how you are able to turn the tables to be able to find that perspective. Yeah. Perspective is huge. And sometimes you can't have that outer perspective when you're stuck in the middle of it, you know, but someone else can easily be like, Oh, you're just, you know, it's that thing. It's that's right. <laughs> exactly. So it's just, Boom, they can zing right on into and and hit that bullseye. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to be going um, on a break. So let's stay tuned and stick around for more of Kelsey Aida. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you find that your journey to loving yourself is taking a long time? Here's your shortcut. Read Marla Goldberg's book, My Long Journey to Loving Myself, a guide to a shorter path to learn to live a more self-loving life. 
Order on Amazon or MarlaGoldberg.com. That's Marla, G-O-L-D-B-E-R-R-G.com. Have you ever wanted to scream, but you couldn't because of all the people who might hear you? Now, we have your answer. The original Scream Pillow. It can be used at work, the bathroom, in the closet, or anywhere you want to scream and not have everyone know what you're screaming about. Order yours today at MarlaGoldberg.com. That's Marla, G-O-L-D-B-E-R-R-G.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Guided Spirit Conversations. To reach Marla Goldberg or her guest today, you're invited to call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, the address is guidedspiritconversations at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello, everyone. Thank you for sticking around. I am with Kelsey Aida, and we are talking about all things law of attraction, self-love. And check out Kelsey's uh, website at kelseyaida.com. And that's AIDA.com to learn more about her classes, her retreats, and all she does for everyone out there. So welcome back, Kelsey. Thank you. I'm excited to keep diving in. Me too. So let's go into radical self-love. Yes. How do you bring people through their path to finally and ultimately achieve that, that self-love Piece that is so missing in every in, in so many people, not everybody, but so many people. Yeah. So to me, radical self love is going beyond the bubble baths and the self care and you know the stuff you can find on Pinterest to actually do the healing work that we've kind of mentioned a little bit here. But I'll dive into some of my main pillars of what I call radical self love, or some of the main practices. So. The biggest thing I think that is so self-loving and so radical to do is to allow yourself to feel how you feel, which sounds very simple, but it's not always easy to do because it's uncomfortable to feel certain feelings. Um, And it can even be scary if you're not used to it or you don't know what to expect or you feel like it's going to overtake you or you think you're going to fall into three years of depression like I did, like... The thing about feeling is that when we suppress, deny, or disown how we feel, it doesn't actually go away. We just push it inside. And then instead of it being allowed to be cleared and expressed, it festers inside. And that actually becomes your point of attraction. So this is where there's this like law of attraction mentality of, of always be positive and always stay positive. I would say always stay authentic to how you actually feel so you can express how you feel, heal any discord and always come back to a place of resolve. Because if you just pretend to be positive for the sake of not being negative, for the sake of not manifesting bad things, you're actually just making those negative feelings your point of attraction because they're going to be stuck inside of you growing and festering. 
What about fake it till you make it? I mean, there's that whole thing where people who are not accustomed to being happy, joyful, or even doing things that that show that they love themselves um, now are in this place where they're trying to maneuver and you hear, well, do this or do that, you know, and eventually you'll start understanding what the feeling is and you'll resonate more with that feeling. Yeah, so the fake it till you make it approach, I don't love it because it doesn't actually feel good. So the thing about the fake it till you make it is logically it makes sense that, oh, the more I like practice this, I'm going to become it. But if your subconscious is not on board with what you're saying and what you're thinking and how you're acting, then there's a discord and you can actually cause fragmentation and do more harm than good. So what I suggest people to do instead of fake it till you make it is move towards relief which will bring you to empowerment which will bring you to more joy so for example let's talk about affirmations because that's a big place where people love the fake it till you make it approach right so people be like oh just say you're a millionaire like a bunch of times in the mirror and eventually you'll be a millionaire well if anyone's tried this and they're not a millionaire they've probably realized when they say that they feel really dumb they feel fraudulent they feel like okay obviously i'm not a millionaire like this is dumb and it creates like I don't know, this like inner like tug of war. So instead, you could soften the affirmation and make it more authentic where you're still working towards becoming a millionaire, but you don't have to flat out lie to yourself and say that you are when you aren't. So you could say something like, I'm working towards becoming a millionaire. I'm open to becoming a millionaire in this lifetime or soon. I'm getting ready to become a millionaire. I can't wait until I'm a millionaire. Things like that. They empower you but they're still grounded in the reality of where you are right now. So they kind of lift you up step by step without just totally like pooping on yourself with like a lie, if that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. And it does make sense. It makes a lot of sense. And so you you use affirmations to create a more authentic happiness through this technique as well. Yeah. So my first, book hashtag actually I can is all about how to use affirmations in alignment with how you feel about a certain area of life so if you feel bad about your finances there's affirmations that will help you feel less bad about your finances if you feel great about your relationships there's affirmations that'll help you feel even more great about your relationships so it works with the emotional scale to start with where you are and slowly pull you into the next best feeling emotion that's actually within reach for you because it doesn't really work to go from super depressed to super happy with one affirmation like there's a whole bunch of moods in between that you usually would naturally progress through right so first you're going to feel sad and then you'll feel less sad and then you'll feel annoyed and then you'll feel bored and then you'll feel okay and then you'll feel slightly hopeful and then you'll feel better and then you'll feel excited and then you'll feel happy right so it's not just a one and done jump to some faraway emotion it's more just working with your natural progression in a way that's actually aligned but still empowered so you don't have to lie to pretend to feel better I understand. So you use the word bored in there. Mm-hmm. Where would people get bored? You mean just repeating the affirmations that they're repeating that they start getting bored with that? Um, I'm thinking more of like on a scale of emotions. I feel like boredom's kind of like in the middle. So if you're progressing from like sad to happy, you might pass through boredom at some point, but maybe not. 
Okay. That's interesting. It's not an emotion I would think would be part of the escalation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's like a middle one. So if you think of like negative emotions, middle emotions, and then like happy emotions. Are we talking about like a, the David Hawkins emotion scale? Um, I don't know his emotional scale, but do you know the Abraham Hicks emotional guidance scale? That I don't. Okay. So they might be similar, but it's basically like the lower frequency um, feelings like fear, jealousy, mm-hmm. hatred. Those are all at the bottom, right? And right. then the higher frequency um, feelings like happiness, joy, love, love, all of those are at the top. And then in between is like everything else on a scale. Right. I have a feeling they're pretty similar. I'm gonna yeah, they probably my, are. My David Hawkins scale and check it out and then go <laughs> compare it to the Hicks one because um, it'll be interesting to see because people take information and they process it in different ways. So, you know, you and I could listen to the same exact thing, but the way we end up processing it and then regurgitating it and sharing it with others are based on our perception of what we've just heard. Yeah, and your lens that you already had before you went into that learning or knowledge and all your life experience and all your beliefs, and then it all gets tangled up. And that's why I always say there can't be enough teachers. People are always like, oh, I can't teach it. Somebody else already said that. I'm like, well, nobody can say it the way you say it from your perspective with your unique voice and gifts. It's true. And the people who resonate with you will resonate with you. And the ones who will resonate with somebody else will resonate with that person. It's the whole belief that we're not competitors. We're collaborators. And we can collaborate and, and support each other you know, going down the path, our paths, you know, the whole purpose, I think, is to really just raise consciousness and help others live the divine life that we are so fortunate a lot, enough to have been able to learn how to live. Yeah, and everybody teaches what they needed to learn or what they are learning, you know, whatever struggle or suffering you went through usually becomes like your message or your best teaching. And the other thing, and I don't know if you'll agree with this, is that we go through these dark nights of the soul or these these challenging times in our life so that we have, I call them stepping stones to growth and learning. And it, without these stepping stones, you would have no concept as to what self-love feels like if you didn't know what self-loathing was. Right. And you built yourself through that process. Yeah, I totally agree. And I always call it the contrast or the you know, not so great moments, that is when you become the most clear about what you actually do want to experience. Okay, if I don't want to be experiencing this, I would really rather experience the opposite. And then when you do experience the opposite, that's healing. Basically, you're healed once you experience the opposite. And I feel like you can stretch in either direction, right? So for how depressed I became, I went really far over onto this. You can see with my hands, if you're watching on the left side, I went so far over more than I had before. And that created the equal and opposite capacity to experience joy, love, freedom, abundance when I came out of it. So like it stretched me emotionally, but you have to have balance and polarity. So it expanded me in both directions. It didn't just make me more depressed. It also gave me the capacity to feel even more joy and happiness. And it does. And when you're talking about the contrast, what's really interesting is because when I used to do my prayers, when I went, I was just a few years into my path. And I remember doing prayers and I would say, okay, if, you know, if I'm going to have another relationship, because I was going through this really ugly divorce, 
this is what I don't want. And I was very, very detailed. And if this person has this, 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 don't bring it to me. And, but this is what I want. And then I did the other and people would say, no, 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 that's not how you do it. And then I've just recently heard, no, you can very easily say what you don't want, as long as you counteract it by putting in what you do want and that you're very clear focused on what you actually really want to bring into your, your life and your life circumstances. Yeah. And I think especially with relationships, you have to know what you don't want because those are going to be the red flags to not keep engaging with that person. If you're only focused on what you do want and you have no criteria of what doesn't work for you, it's going to be harder to select a good partner. It's so true. And I have to say, I was very, very, very fortunate because I manifested a great partner. Yay. Yay. (laughs) I'm like a hopeless romantic. So I always love that. I'm like, woo, manifest it. I I know. And then when it came, it was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. So let's talk about manifesting your general desires. Mm -hmm. So let's say, I'm trying to think of a general desire. We're driving and you want to make sure that the road is open and clear because you don't want to be stuck in traffic. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, we all experience that at some point. How do you deal with that? Okay. This is a good question. I like this game. So (laughs) I would say the old manifesting teacher version of me would say, visualize the path being clear, feel how it's going to feel to just like be in that ease and that flow and maintain a good like speed. But now like the new version of me who teaches manifesting would say, well, what's what what you got against being in traffic like I know it's uncomfortable but there's a point of resistance there that we could maybe bring attention to our work through and once you don't have that anymore I promise the traffic isn't going to be an issue if it is and most likely there probably won't be any interesting very interesting because what I tend to do is I start talking to the angels and I that's start, a good one. Yeah. Involve the spirit team. <laughs> exactly. You <laughs> you bring them, you evoke, you invoke, and you say, you know, let's open up the traffic. Because let's face facts, maybe you have to go to the bathroom. Maybe you're having an emergency and having a stop traffic situation might not be really good for your seats, <laughs> you know, the leather on your seats. So you want to get past it. So you call in your angels and it's like, okay, and just open this up for me. And then you trust that they're going to do it. And I will say that it's it's miraculous how often my like the, like the seas part and things start moving. Yeah, I think that's a great <laughs> tactic. It's a really fun way to connect with your spirit team too, or anyone who's passed over to the other side. If you have a deceased loved one or whatever, you can be like, "Yo, I need your help. <laughs> help me!" And, right. And you don't even have to know who it is. Just right. say, help, "Open this up because you need it." And if you don't ask, they're not going to. They don't have um, free will to just, for the most part, there are times that they can intervene, but for the majority of time, you have to ask for help. So I'm a firm believer in angels and spiritual help and asking for it and asking out loud is even better than whispering it or just doing it in your head. I like it. So, okay, this might be longer than the time we're going to have left, but... How to deal? How do you deal with emotional distress when you're going through those moments? Mm, okay. Yes, this is a great question, and if we have to go on the other side and keep elaborating, we will. Perfect. But in short, the most self-loving thing you can do 
is learn how to give yourself unconditional presence and during those moments when you're in distress and learn how to observe the emotion and how it plays out in your body. So for example, let's say you're having like a moment of panic, noticing, okay, what does this panic feel like in my body? Where do I feel it the strongest? Okay, maybe it's like a fluttering in my heart. Maybe my head is like racing. My thoughts are racing. This is a mindfulness practice of watching your emotions happen to your body. And when you can create that little bit of separation where you become the observer of the experience while you're um, processing it, you can just watch it play out naturally. And the more you just pay attention to it, like a good meditation, always coming back to Mm -hmm. not coming back to the breath in this instance, which is good, but coming back to the emotion and noticing what it looks like, what it feels like, what it's doing in the body without judgment, with curiosity, that's when it can do its own healing magic and you just kind of step back and let it flow if that makes sense because it's resisting how you feel that causes the most suffering it does it's so true we're going to be right back with um, on the other side with more of calciaida stay tuned Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Have you ever wanted to scream, but you couldn't because of all the people who might hear you? Now, we have your answer. The original Scream Pillow. It can be used at work, the bathroom, in the closet, or anywhere you want to scream and not have everyone know what you're screaming about. Order yours today at MarlaGoldberg.com. That's Marla, G-O-L-D-B-E-R-R-G.com. Do you find that your journey to loving yourself is taking a f***ing long time? Here's your shortcut. Read Marla Goldberg's book, My F***ing Long Journey to Loving Myself, A Guide to a Shorter Path to Learn to Live a More Self-Loving Life. Order on Amazon or MarlaGoldberg.com. That's Marla, G-O-L-D-B-E-R-R-G.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Guided Spirit Conversations. To reach Marla Goldberg or her guest today, you're invited to call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, the address is guidedspiritconversations at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello, everyone. Thank you for sticking around. This is Guided Spirit Conversations, and I'm still Marla Goldberg. And I'm here with Kelsey Aida, and we're having the most delightful conversation about manifesting and self-love and ways that we can work through our blocks, challenges, the interferences that may really put a, some glue in, in your, the spokes of your life. So um, we're going to, uh, let me tell you about Kelsey, if you just tuned in. She's a next generation thought leader who has taught thousands of people how to own their own power and win through 
Win at Life through her inspirational blog, online courses, one-to-one coaching, and international retreats. She is the author of Hashtag Actually I Can, The Art of Affirming Yourself to Greatness. So check out Kelsey at Kelsey Aida, and that's A-I-D-A dot com to learn about what she does. Before we, we get into conversation, though, it's charity shout-out time, and Kelsey's charity is workplaylove.org. Kelsey, tell us about the charity and how you got involved and why it's such a passion point for you. Yeah, so the charity Work, Play, Love was started by one of my dear friends, Kim Melia. Shout out to Kim. And Kim is actually the same person who recommended that I start a gratitude journal. So this woman has played a huge role in my healing journey and friendship and life in general. And she started this um, foundation to help orphans in Guatemala. And there's a whole synchronistic story to how she got involved with Guatemala because she's from San Diego. And basically, Work, Play, Love raises the funds to create orphanages and schools and to feed these orphans, boys and girls from ages baby to 18. And I actually was lucky enough to go visit for a week and spend time with the kids. And we did like an orphanage takeover where we let the staff have a break for a week. And we did all the laundry, all the cooking, all the cleaning, all the teaching, babysitting, everything. And I just wanted to take all the babies home with me. I was like, how many of these kids can I fit in my suitcase? Let's go. I'll give you a better life. It'll be so great. But sadly, the orphans from Guatemala, they aren't, there's like laws where they're not really allowed to be like adopted in the U.S. and stuff. And ideally, they want them to go back to their family or to a relative or something. But usually the reason why they're there is because their parents are addicts or abusive or whatever. So the family system is so messed up and traumatized and dysfunctional that they end up in this orphanage. So I love this cause because they do really fun fundraisers where they do like Super Bowl picks where you can like bet on games and stuff where they raise money for the kids. And then if you win money, you can donate it back or you can go on trips with them and visit the orphans in Guatemala. And they're so cute. You don't even have to speak Spanish. It does not matter. Um, and I just love everything that they do for these kids. And I'm obsessed with the, all the little kids. So it sounds like such a worthwhile charitable I'm losing my words. <laughs> a, good, a great charity. It reminds me when I was in Bali that, you know, a lot of times parents are too poor that they can't raise their children and they send them to orphanages and they do get to see their, their family, but it's, but they're 24 seven in the orphanage taking care of them because it's the only way that they're going to be given nutrition and clothing and education. Yeah, and I love this foundation because I was really surprised when I went there. I thought, oh, it's going to be such a sad trip. All the kids are going to be so sad that they're orphans and they live such a terrible life. And honestly, the girls live in a princess castle. They have so much fun every day. All their stuff is princess theme. They always get to dress up. They get to go to school. Like these kids are all siblings to each other in the orphanage and they get like taken care of so well thanks to work play love so I was so happy to see that they're like living their best orphan life that they could possibly be having in these homes and um that this foundation is supporting them to do that and to thrive even though they come from like horrible circumstances and family dynamics well and here's the beauty I don't know I don't know about you but I'm seeing the beauty in it because they're taking them out of the dysfunction and giving them some sort of normalized societal upbringing where many people in the United States, as you know, I mean, they're with their abusive or addictive parents and, you know, the kids just then perpetuate 
right. the dysfunction. The trauma just gets passed down. Right. Mm-hmm. They don't deal with it because they don't know how to. Yeah. Even with all the information out there, they still don't know how to do it. So it sounds very worthwhile. So check out workplaylove.org and see how you can help. So, all right. So we've got a few minutes left. Let's talk about mental health and what's the best way from your perspective to take care of it? Hmm, Mental health. Well, just one, like noticing and caring about how you feel. I think just caring about how you feel is going to always lead you in the right direction, right? If you care about feeling good, you genuinely want to feel better, you'll line up with the correct people and resources to make that happen. Mental health is, that word is even like too strong because I feel like every single person has their own mental health issue. Like, I don't think we need to label it as like this dysfunction. That means there's something wrong with your brain or something wrong with you. It could really just mean you have certain needs that weren't met in childhood. You have certain needs that aren't getting met now. Um, How can we create some resolve and some healing there? So I would say if you're struggling with mental health, know that there are solutions. You can feel better. And there are people who specialize in helping you feel better. So maybe you see a therapist, see a coach, talk to someone you trust, someone who knows their stuff, and just don't lose hope. Because when you're in it, and my most intimate experience with mental health is being in depression, when you're in it, the thing that makes you suicidal is that it feels like forever, right? And you make it mean, I'm never going to feel better. I'm always going to feel like this. This is the rest of my life. But it doesn't have to be that way. This could just be the starting point, you know? I think that's great what you just said, because I think about the times when I've been in my dark night of the soul, and you, you, you're right, you just don't feel like there's any way out. But if you, my my trick today is, I just remind myself that everything is temporary and everything is going to flow through. And if you just can hold on and just do the things that are for your highest and best good to do self-care actions, that you will then notice that eventually you will transfer out of the depression instead of getting stuck in it. Yeah, I think it's a very beneficial perspective to remind yourself that everything is temporary and that you're resilient. That's it. And, and this is just not going to be, uh, you know, forever after type of a situation. And it doesn't have to be. Some people do, tell, though, tend to, I think, hook into it because mm-hmm. they find a benefit program for it, whether yeah. it's to get attention or. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't be happening if there wasn't some kind of payoff. So identifying the payoff is a good way to start healing because then you can go for what you needed from the payoff, but in a more direct way where you don't have to be manipulative about it or subconsciously manipulative, I should say. Yeah, because I don't think anybody wants to consciously like milk it. Yeah. I think more people would like to be happy and just live a joyful life than the alternative. So what have I not addressed that you would like to share with the audience? Hmm. Let me see. Let me tune in here for a sec. Okay, I'm just going to like channel a message that's coming through. Slow down. Go easier on yourself. Know that you're not alone, even when you feel alone. And you can have it all. You don't have to choose. I love that, that people can learn that they can have it all. Mm -hmm. They don't have to choose safe to have it all this and that 
I love that. It's safe to have it all. Yeah, it's that and consciousness I'm loving to practice these days. You know, I'm sad and I can still manifest money. I'm feeling great. And also there's a part of me that's a little stressed. Everything's and now. There's no like this or that. It's just all including to broaden the consciousness and make everything valid. I like that. I This is the first time I've heard the and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and consciousness, basically just validating everything and allowing yourself to be a human <laughs> because we're always experiencing these like perplexing or seemingly opposite states, right? One part of you might be super happy that something's over. Another part might be mourning it. It's this and that, and they're both valid and both happening. So I just have found that it's really inclusive and expansive and beneficial to make everything a this and that. I'm going to do this and that moving <laughs> forward. I yeah. like that. That's that's powerful. So how do you help people achieve, you know, do like your sessions? Let's talk about one-on-ones when you work with people. I know it's a variety yeah. of things that you probably use. Yeah, it's hard to even, like, I'm still trying to come up with a word because I don't like the word life coach, because if I say that, I feel like people will assume that I'm giving life advice, which I'm not. <laughs> I'm more of like a guide back to yourself, a self-empowerment teacher, a self-love coach. The The sessions are very intuitive, so it depends obviously what the person needs, but overarching themes in my session are emotional processing, healing, and relief. Um, one of my gifts is that I can offer many beneficial perspectives. So have you tried looking at it this way? Have you tried thinking about the situation this way? Have you tried approaching it this way? And people can just step out of that perspective and into a new one. And sometimes you don't have to change your life. You just have to change the way you're looking at it in order to feel empowered and to feel better. I like that. And I think that's wonderful. And I think that whenever, because whenever you're taking classes, you do more, you take more than just one because it's like, oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. And you sort of marry it all together to come up with your own way of working with your clients. Yeah. And perspectives are like outfits. So I'm like, try this outfit on them and be like, oh, this one looks good. This one feels nice. Or be like, not my color. Mm-mm, not today. Not wearing that one. Like, it's okay. You can try them on and take them off. It doesn't have to be like a big commitment. We're just exploring perspectives here to see like which one feels better. And then another big part of my one-on-one work is that um, one of my other superpowers is compassion. So I show people how to have compassion and understanding for themselves so that they can hold space for for themselves and become super emotionally resilient and just release any resistance or blockages that they're having. So energy can flow and they can feel better. So many people have such a difficult time treating themselves with compassion, treating themselves tenderly and gingerly to get them through whatever it is that they're experiencing. Yeah, because we use the inner critic to try and motivate us to be better. Which but really work. never works. <laughs> it it's not a good strategy. <laughs> it doesn't work. So what kind of retreats do you do? Let's talk about any upcoming retreats you might be doing. Yeah. So I actually have one coming up in October in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. And it is called the Radical Self-Love Retreat. So a lot of the self-love practices that I do with my one-on-one clients, we do it in more of a group setting. So one day we might be interviewing different aspects of ourselves to see what they need and want. Another day... We might be doing some kirtan chanting with a chanting master. Uh, Every day we do yoga, we eat delicious food, we go to the beach. So it's like fun girl time plus healing 
and therapeutic self-love stuff mixed together for a week in Mexico. Wonderful. And have you've done this before, this, this retreat? Yes, this will be the third one. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. This is wonderful. Yeah, it's so fun. People like love it. It's, it's very different from other retreats because I think a lot of spiritual and yoga retreats <laughs> are very limited to like, okay, very strict. Like we're just only eating leaves and doing yoga all day. And also we're not talking to each other and you can only journal at bed. Like (laughs) it's very focused and regimented, which is fine. Like it has value. I'm not like pooping on those or anything, but mine is more of like, also you get to ride ATVs in the mountains. Also we're going to go parasailing on the beach. So it's like all the fun of like, okay, if we're going to go all the way to Mexico, let's do some fun beach stuff since we're in a beach town. And because fun is one of my values. So all of my values are like um, played out in the retreat. So sunshine, fun, good food, great connection with women. Um, I allow like people can drink wine on my retreat. Like there, it's whatever's the most self-loving thing for you. I'm not like big into, oh, you have to do this and you have to show up and blah, blah, blah. It's more of a, you know, has a relaxed and fun vibe. Perfect. It sounds wonderful. Check out Kelsey Aida at KelseyAida.com. And she'll have all the information about her one-on-one sessions, her retreats, her book, or any other products you might have. And, um, you know, just check Kelsey out because she's amazing. I'm so impressed. Kelsey, thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. I so appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And I was also going to say, if you guys want to connect on Instagram, my handle's just at Kelsey Aida, K-E-L-S-E-Y-A-I-D-A, because I always drop some nice bombs in my Instagram stories. Whenever I get inspired, I'm like, Instagram story, and I go straight to the story. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. And I want to thank everyone at voiceamerica.com for everything they do to help me get the show on the road. I want to thank Bridget for all you do for me. You're my right hand, my left hand. So grateful for you. And I want to thank you, the listening audience, for taking the time to watch the show or listen to the show. And, and my mission, my goal is to help you take away some pearls of wisdom that you can really incorporate into your life and help shift your current experience in whatever capacity it is. So uh, check my website out at Marla Goldberg with two rs.com. And please check out the Global Consciousness Development Circle on Facebook. We are getting ready to launch. So we will be sending if you want to know more information like that or sign up, subscribe on my Facebook I'm sorry, subscribe on my website, and we will then um, make sure you don't miss a moment of this platform's launch. So until the next time, as always, I send you love, blessings, and gratitude. I love you, and I am so grateful for you being in my life in whatever the capacity. Stay well. 